who are guys you complained for a few weeks that me and Cav weren't giving you enough news, that we were just giving you too much chit-chat, and uh, I've decided to just blow things up. So you wanted news, and you've got me regularly. You know that I give you the most up-to-date news, the, the, the most breaking news that there is that other guys can't give you. But so is this guy over here on my right. We are bringing together the two most, I would say, num the two best sources for wrestling news, um, the two people that are giving you stuff that isn't, who's renewing their TNA contract, who got injured on an indie show, who's produced, who produced what match on Raw, which is what people are actually paying for. None of that shit, real news, it comes from me, and it definitely comes from the guy on the right-hand side who also doesn't give a fuck what he says, Brad Shepard. Or should I say Brad fucking Shepard? Brad fucking Shepard. Right. Billy, it is a pleasure to be here. I think this is going to have people talking. This is going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. And uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be here with you for this Did show. You just to give you some background on that. So I always say to people, but they don't seem to listen. I'm not a dirt sheep, right? I, I, I do this mainly out of spite. Like this doesn't, this doesn't enhance my income at all. I just think the other guys are full of shit. So sometimes we come on air and we do a show. We always try to do like an hour, but it's got like one or two bits of news. And people are like, where's the news? Where's the news? It's like idiots. This is the real news. I'm not obligated to do five stories a day to clickbait you. Like, so I'm not going to have 35 stories a week because 35 things are not happening per week that are relevant enough for me to talk about. So if I got two bits, I got two bits. If I got seven bits, that's a big week. But these idiots come constantly in the comments complaining like, where's the news? So we try to fill because we got hired right? Firstly, I was hired by Russo because I was an established podcast. And then when I came here, obviously Conan is, isn't as um, available with his time as, as Russo. So I hired my own co-host. I got my other guy from the Dirty Sheets. They were like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? It's a guy from an established podcast. We haven't moved outside of the top 40 since 2016. So we didn't do that by reading pieces of news. We did that by filling and having a conversation, which, funnily enough, enough people found entertaining to keep us in the top 40. It's it's absolutely it's ridiculous. Do you find that ever like when, you know, you do a show week to week and do you find people are going, just go on with the news, just go on with the news, just get on the news? Or or do you, or your audience kind of more tolerant to the fact that you, you only drop shit when you really have shit to drop? Billy, I think that's such a great question because... I wasn't sure at first, but what I really discovered about my audience, they want my take on things, like the right. important things that matter. You know, the news, they don't give a shit about who's getting a fake push on a TV show. They want to hear the important business stuff that I cover, and they want my hot take on the things relevant to the industry. And that's it. They don't give a shit about, you know, my raw review and, you know, going to... Talking about a three-hour fucking TV show. Like, that is torture. Are you kidding me? They want to hear my hot takes on things that matter. And, of course, you know, like the news about the business. And that's pretty much it. But I, I figured that out. It was a process. But I figured it out. And I know what my audience wants now. And that's what I do. I stick to my niche. 
And is that has that come through when they want your takes? Has that come through establishing yourself for giving an honest take, whether it be offending this person, offending that person? Because you, like me, have whether whether you were pushed or whether you got fed up of them, you have moved yeah. around from platform to platform trying to find a home. Um, like there's a lot of misconceptions because when you do the, the, the content that we do, and me and you have had a like a poor relationship previously because I feel like we rivaled each other in terms of, oh, hey, he's doing my shit and I'm doing his shit and I want to be the only person doing that shit because if he copies my shit or I, or I copy his shit, then it's not as good. Like you want to be like, do you get what I'm, do you get what I mean? But in that sense, the similarities are the fact that um, no matter how many times we get cancelled, should we say, which I'll talk about in a minute, the, the definition of that, um, we, we still end up moving our audience over and across. Yeah, my audience wants honesty. They want the brutal honesty. And honestly, Billy, the haters want to read it too. They won't admit it, but they want to watch me give the brutally honest take that will offend them. Uh, and sometimes your haters, they really are your biggest supporters because they follow everything you do. And I think with people like you, people like me, uh, that is the case. Uh, but yeah, I know what my audience wants. They want that brutal honesty. And uh, and that's me. Like, I've always been like that. That's my personality, right? And And so take it or leave it. I know that's not for everyone, but when it comes to pro wrestling and, and other topics, I'm going to be brutally honest how I feel. And I really don't give a shit whether you like it or not, but I'm going to be true to myself. What allows you to do that? Like in terms of, I, I've spoken at length here uh, on, 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 my, on my platform and when I was on yours, um, I, I've kind of given a background in terms of, what well, I'm not doing this for an income. Like you've got these social climbers your saps your satins satins landed his like dream job now like he got that little gig on on fox which is why he was this kind of clean cut social justice warrior played the game pretended he was something he was not we knew he was a backstabbing slimy little fuck in the background yeah. because of the way he conducted himself but as far as the wwe could see on whoever he would he kept himself squeaky clean we know the same thing for sean ross sap because of the way he conducts himself behind closed doors he'll give you a he'll he'll talk you with a dm or whatever we know he's a prick but yeah. he's still playing the game what differentiates you from people because i don't look at you as someone who's genuinely trying to grow a wrestling audience for for income i look at you mm -hmm. as someone who is happy to move around from place to place because you don't need this income like me so can you speak about your background in terms of why you're able to do this content because you're not really putting yourself in a position to profit from this by by having the confrontations and the mood because look you, you you know how to play the game i think you're intelligent enough to know how you can become the next how you can become the next sap or satin or, or whatever and have more subscribers or, or or be quoted by no dq or or raj giri and all these idiots right, right? but you don't yeah. go for that so why are you not going for that what allows you to to be honest and brutal I think what I've noticed the delineation is, is guys like you and me don't do this for a living. You know, we are not interested in being part of the business like the Saps, the Meltzers, and so on and so forth. We are able to be honest because we don't do this for a living. We do this for a hobby, right? This is not something we need for income to support ourselves. 
you know, I have a, a, I make a great living, so I don't have to do this. I do this because I want to. I do this because I enjoy this uh, and because I have an audience. And if tomorrow five people listen to my podcast and subscribe to my Patreon, I'm quitting that shit because <laughs> it's not worth my time. I don't have to do it. But guys like Seth, guys like Melter and so on and so forth, they have to play the game. They want to be part of the business. They don't want their access canceled by Tony Khan. So they have to kiss ass. They have to be disingenuous. And I don't. What you see with me is what you get. So what do you think the chances are of myself or yourself accidentally land, doing, doing this style of content, accidentally landing ass backwards into money where... This shit, because I mean, I do fine with this. I wouldn't, with my lifestyle and the way it's been, obviously, you know, being in, in the media or whatnot, like I've come used to having a certain car or having a certain house and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I wouldn't be able to survive off my wrestling income, but it would be enough for an average income, right? But in that sense, like, what do you think the chances are that this thing comes full circle, like everything woke? does turn to crap, as Trump said. Um, and, you know, suddenly we start getting this mass, this ma these mass numbers of people saying, hey, we want that content. We're tired of this this squeaky clean shit over here that's just false and pretentious and, and, and you know, it doesn't really do anything for us. We're not really learning anything from this or getting anything from this. Yeah, I think that's such a small chance. At least I don't count on it. What I love it because to be of, true. Because of the audience, right? Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you look at the modern wrestling audience today. What are they? They're the liberal SJWs. They're the ones with the pink hair, the pussy hats, who are screaming that women's rights, you know, they need to be able to kill babies and they need to be able to choose their gender. That is the wrestling audience today. Take it or leave it. Uh, so that does not align with me. Uh, so I don't anticipate that that'll change wrestling is cyclical maybe it will 10 20 years from now as society evolves i don't know i'm certainly not counting on that though but guys like sap guys like Meltzer, who are liberals who portray these ideologies that are the uh, popular thing to say on the internet they're going to get that following and the truth is i could be disingenuous i could say those things even though i don't believe them and get a much larger following. My following has been 100% organic, and I'm proud of that. And I will never compromise my beliefs, even if it means getting double, triple, quadruple, the money, the following, whatever. I don't give a shit about that. I give a shit about spreading my message and being true to myself while I'm doing that. Take it or leave it. One, one of the two things, so I was talking about cancel. By, by definition. And everybody that's cancelled doesn't actually die and go into a hole and say that they're cancelled. I was, I lost a verified Twitter account because of this fucking wrestling audience. Every day for, for a couple of minutes, I probably, like, when I go on Twitter and I remember that I used to have 76,000 followers, of which um, a lot of them followed me off the back of being on Big Brother. I had a verified account for years. And when I started covering this shit, that's when I lost it. 
I lost it with the cancel culture, report everything, mask reporting, and that cost me my account. Obviously, like, you know, the responsibility lies with some of the things that I said. I don't particularly think that what I said would and should have got me cancelled. I now think five years down the line, what I said is proven to be correct. Women's wrestling will not draw people to the product. Women's wrestling does not deserve the time that it gets on television. There are different ways to utilize women. I, I said at the time, not everybody needs to be a wrestler. I have no interest in watching Lana wrestle, I believe I said. Um, I said there's, there, there's men who are actually paying money for women uh, to watch women do things, but it's stripping and it's prostitution. Uh, which is which was the tweet that got me got me cancelled, uh, but but the bottom line is is that I stand by every single one of those comments, and I think as far as business and um, and, and everything goes, that's been proven correct. The ratings prove me right. The merchandise sales prove me right. Whatever what I said five years ago was right. Like and I and I saw it in my own eyes. I go to events. I don't know how much you go to, but I saw people walking out. It doesn't matter how much you tell me. There's a revolution. It has to actually be a revolution. It can't be a revolution in name. If people are going to take a piss at that chosen time when the women are wrestling, like that, that's that doesn't mean that there's any revolution at all. Uh, it means that you're 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 putting yourself in line with the what is what is expected culturally um, at, in in the mainstream, which it was, and that's what they're doing. And that's why I said, but. So you can talk about that for a second because I don't want to move off that point. Like because I don't, I want to get back to women's wrestling and then I'll talk about this cancelled thing. Yeah. So let's just make it real clear. Evolution. If it was a success in the eyes of WWE, there'd be an evolution too. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. And, and I talked with a source in WWE who was high level about this, and that's the information I received. Look, if you know if Vince, if Stephanie, of course, at the time, uh, if they all believe that Evolution was a success, this will be a show going forward. It happened once. The tickets were 5 or $10 going close to showtime, and you never heard about the motherfucker again. You know, how many times do we have to watch, you know, the, the women forced into... Positions they haven't earned, whether it's the main event on Raw, uh, main event on a premium live event, whatever the case may be. So are, you, are, realize, you saying, are you saying when uh, Vince was there, he was putting in, in positions where they had to earn it? Yeah, and by the way, this is a TV show. Oh, not man, every you missed, you missed you missed the joke there. When I, was... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I think that went over your head like completely. That, but anyway. <laughs> But by the way, Billy, I mean, you know, it's like you can't say that women's wrestling is not as good as the men's wrestling. Even though, if you're being honest, if you're hooked up to a lie detector machine and you're asked, is women's wrestling as good as men's wrestling? What are you going to say? You're going to say, no. If you say yes, it's going to go boom, 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 boom. Because you're fucking lying. Because everybody with at least one good working eye can see that women's wrestling is an abortion. It's not very good as a rule. You know, and it's like, I'm not going to pretend it's good 
just to make people happy on Twitter. But people like Sean Rossap are. And they're going to cancel me for that. And I don't give a shit because I don't do this for a living. You can cancel me 20 times over. And I, that's happened to me. Places I've written, places I've sold t-shirts. I'll find another. You will never fucking get rid of me. I'm like a cockroach. I'm always coming back whether you like it or not. So you can go fuck yourself. And I'm always going to be honest with how I feel. And I'm not ever going to say something is good if I don't believe it is. And that's the thing. Like The best couple of matches that, that's come out of this women's revolution have both involved Ronda Rousey, who doesn't have that wrestling school kind of taint on her. Like As much as people want to criticize her, I know guys... I know that's their favorite person to criticize, like, oh, she's terrible at this, terrible at that. Well, she hasn't come from wrestling. And right. if you guys are, like, all high on the wrestling, now she's doing her own promos completely. She's a lot better. She's being produced a lot better. But also, like, in terms of not having that wrestling school taint on her, where it's like, uh, oh, you know, you, um, you, you run off the ropes like this, you sell this way, you do this, you do that. No, she went in there and had two matches with Charlotte where they just straight up beat the shit out of each other at Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. And the last match that they had where, where Ronda won the title at WrestleMania Backlash, they were proper like matches which didn't have that whole women trying to be in the same wrestling school as men, copying the men, and not having yeah. the athleticism to look like they know how to... Women can't, women can't run the ropes. Women can't sell the same way. Uh, there, there's lots of things that they, that they can't do. When you, when you see it, it's obvious. It looks clunky. Um... But, but you can't say these things. I can say these things because th there's no consequences for me. And I, and I was yeah. going to say, I'm fortunate over the last three years to have, you know, from the dirty sheets, to have Vince Russo uh, hire me, uh, who was who got received numerous complaints, uh, including Sean, Sean, Sean Waltman writing identical emails to both Conan and Russo saying, I'm very – finishing the email by saying – I can't. I thought. I can't. Can't. Can't believe you work with this guy. I'm really disappointed in you. I'm really disappointed in you, Vince. I'm really disappointed in you, uh, in Conan uh, or Charles. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the point. Um, I've been. I've been with people who have stood by me through the emails. Raj Geary didn't stand by me. Sports Geary didn't stand by me. Once the once the floods of complaints started to come in, Russo did and Conan did. So. I think if you're ever looking for a place, I know you're doing your own thing now. Like if you're ever looking for a place where two guys will back you um, in the face of complaints, like the, the, these are two people that will. Conan and Vince are, are very cool like that. Um, and I've been able to ride out a whole ton of complaints on both of these platforms. So getting back to that um, and, and then getting round to people that have, that have canceled you. What is cancelled? Because nobody dies, as I said. You just said you keep coming back. I consider myself cancelled when I lost that verified account. Um, I consider myself cancelled when I was on the dirty sheets. I consider myself back into wrestling when I was on Russo's show. What's your definition of it? Are you cancelled right now? Are you back when you end up on what's considered to be a major platform? Like, what, what's the what's the definition of this um, of this cancelling? So canceling is when you lose the ability to make income, uh, to make a living or to make income on something you do because of an opinion you have, right, that's not politically correct, or that the mob 
so to speak, the woke mob doesn't agree with. You know, and again, I went through that. When I opened a t-shirt store with Pro Wrestling Tees, you know, I, I had that. And the next thing you know, that's being canceled. And they're emailing me and saying, because of your opinion, essentially, of Brody Lee. Because I said, here's a guy who, hey, tragic death. It's sad. He was young. But this was a mid-card pro wrestler that AEW fans are pretending with some Jesus-like figure. That's a little weird. Yeah, so I, was... well, I, I, I took exception to it, too. The greatest, uh, the greatest um, TNT champion of all time. Didn't he win it? And have a few defenses, and Cody came back and beat him over a course yeah. of one of the six to eight week span, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just it didn't match reality. So I called that out, uh, and that created a major shitstorm. That got me canceled off of Hameen Media Group. So my podcast at the time, Brad Shepard Unleashed, was on Hameen Media Group. Uh, ben Hameen, obviously, you probably are familiar with him and the history and the whole deal. But Ben canceled me because of my opinion on Brody Lee. And it received a lot of backlash. Here is a guy who says he's a free speech warrior. Yeah, I was going to get to him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. But, but it's like, you know, again, here's this cancel culture. You've got the wrong opinion. So we're going to take away your opportunities. We're going to take away your income. You don't deserve to make money to be successful because you don't go along with the group think and you don't have the right opinion. It's a fascist ideology. So I was working along, not I never was, I never appeared with him. Uh, I was with him on Russo's show. Um, he was one of the people who were actually saying, because uh, um, I, I, I know from, from Disco that you know he wasn't supportive of me coming on there he was like, do you know the background of this guy? Like, you know, this is this is going to cause a lot of shit, whatnot. So I never ended up doing any shows with him. Uh, I think he was happy when when I when I moved on uh, from, from from Russo. And then suddenly we have this incident with me and Sean Ross Sapp, and he's there doing bits on it on his show, saying, "Oh, this these are two losers, and these are two guys that don't know how to fight, and blah blah blah, etc." So, as I said on your show, like, first of all, this guy's a fucking moron. Like, I, I, I don't understand what he's done in wrestling, but if I don't know about it without having to dig super deep on it, it's not really that fucking important. He's no, he's no way near as important as he thinks he is, right? That's, that's the first thing. Second yeah. of all, when you call it, when you're sitting there and calling me a geek and all this kind of shit and two fucking dirt shit guys, I'm not a fucking dirt sheet guy. I, I earn about 2% of my income from doing this. I've got 14 fucking years in the media, right? I came off a reality show that was watched by 8 million people. And when I say these 8 million people, uh, in, in, my, in my age category of what would be like 18 to 45, like it would have been, the audience of those 8 million people would have been 95% of that. So... Yeah. I walked around and was was known by nearly everybody when I when I walked around for that time. Um, you know, that I, I was able to generate money from that through appearances, through stories and whatnot. And then I was called because of like my persona. I was called back to talk on the show for years and years and years. I've then appeared on other TV shows. I've been given TV shows to present. 
Uh, I got a job on a major fucking podcast about, about sports gambling. This is not my fucking job. Your small little wrestling bubble brain thinks that I want to be a fucking dirt sheet writer. As, I, as we said on the top of the show, this guy here on the right, he knows how to play the game if he wants to. He, he, this guy was talking about, oh, this Billy Barty. This, he even mentioned you as a way to attack me. If you, if you, I don't know if you've seen it, but he was going, oh, these guys, they're always going to be at the bottom of the barrel of this, of this industry. I don't give a fuck about this industry. Right. I'm yeah. bigger than you in this world. There's a world out there, <laughs> right? There's a world yeah. of, of, of content. My content is listened, uh, whether it be my wrestling content or whether it be my gambling content, my voice is heard by tens of thousand people, tens of thousands of people a week. So I don't need to impress you or rise up or impress these old farts in this business. I'm not trying to impress you. I don't care, Ben Parmeen, about this kind of shit. And for you to, and for, for me not to throw a punch, the, it would be the stupidest thing to possibly do. Number one, I was on camera, which I've already spoken about. Number two, for three years, the guy walked away, walked away from me and didn't confront me at any other event until I was there with my kid four hours before SummerSlam. So even if I'm not arrested, uh, if I'm not charged of anything, the, the questioning and the arrest would take place before SummerSlam happens. Also, in addition to that, which I didn't say on your show, which I'm comfortable saying now, I have a... Um, how do I say this without getting in trouble? Um, I have a state, uh, a, um, a, vaccine, a vaccine status, um, which if I engage in physical activity and came out on top, they would seriously question the exemptions that I was given. The, the, the physical, the physical limitations and exemptions that I was, that I was given, right? Um, that, that may be looked into and the, the pain in the ass it was to get that. I'm not going to fucking relinquish that for the sake of like looking like I can do a lot more than people think, uh, for the sake of Sean Ross Sapp. Now, I understand, like, certain people say, oh, I would have done this and I would have done that. You wouldn't have done shit. In right. the same, yes. if, you're on, if, you're, if you're on film, right, with, with, that, guy's, with that guy's guys around mm -hmm. you, right, you're not, you're not even going to stand there and have the conversation that I yeah. had. I was stupid yeah. for even telling him to come outside, which I did. But all these fucking heroes want to say that they would do this, that, and the other. You wouldn't do shit. Like, you haven't done shit in this industry. Mm -hmm. And if you think I'm trying to climb up your industry where I've been in it, like, I've been, look, I've been in it. Like, I, when I, after I did Big Brother, I did British wrestling. I increased the British wrestling attendance by 440% from the, from the last show that I wasn't on to the first show that I was on, coming straight out of Big Brother. 440% increase in people that came I, I made them the money so suddenly they could hire Scotty Too Hotty, they could hire Eugene, they could hire Billy Gunn. These aren't massive A-star names, but these were not people that you could afford prior to me coming in and, and drawing interest, coming straight off TV and doing your show. So without me and Nick Aldis, British wrestling would have been on its ass back in 2017. So all these British wrestlers and this NXT UK and everything, like none of that would have happened. Like, had it not been for me and Nick Aldis coming off TV shows, he was on UK Gladiators, and I was on Big Brother and carrying this fucking shit. But this idiot, who's never done anything, and I don't know what he's done, 
seems to be thinking, oh, he wants to, these guys want to get up here with us, guys. But yeah, I, I, I think that in life, I aim to be as high up as you and Al Snow. Like, that's my goal, seriously, right? Um, and yeah, he does, he does come across as this, oh, I've got, I'll talk, I'll say whatever I want. I'll have an opinion on everything. I'm, I'm trying to, um, I, I'm trying to be this, um, this fucking Andrew Tate of wrestling, which is what he, which is what he comes across as being, like a fat mm. Andrew Tate. But um, he's actually like none of these things at all. Because as soon as you um, generated some heat for your comments after being on his network, he cancelled you. Yeah. So from having weekly conversations with him and working with him and, and entering into a relationship with him, you tell me about Ben Harmeen because I, I think I'm giving you more of a an outsider's perspective from having very minimal dealings with him, but just responding to the criticism where he attacked both of us um, after mm -hmm. that staff incident. Yeah, Ben is a guy to me who wants to ride the gravy train of this niche of, you know, the anti-cancel culture, anti-woke sort of conspiracy theorist, etc. Yeah, the conspiracy but what, theorist, Yeah, but, but when you talk to the guy... When you see the reality of what he's actually doing, you realize, you know, this guy really isn't stepping up to his beliefs. You know, you can't say you're anti-cancel culture. And then the first time I tweet that Brody Lee is a mid-card wrestler and you cancel me off your network, you have a complete meltdown. You're going to rad Rob and complaining about me the entire time. You know, I, I mean, it's just, you have to practice what you preach in that regard. Uh, it's easy to say that you're anti-cancel culture until the heat comes on you. And then you say, oh, not for me, brother. Uh, you know, and, and you cancel me. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You never had a conversation just, with me. Just to me. tell you a story, just, just in the middle of this, I apologize, but let me just tell you the difference. So I gave an opinion that said that there's no, like, uh, Eddie Guerrero would no way be remembered as big as he is if he didn't die. Yeah, I, I said that, like, he was a guy who had one title reign. It didn't work ratings-wise. They quickly dropped the belt. Um, you know, remember, it was like four or five months he had the belt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I said he was nowhere near as good as people make out. I said he's, like, he's being overrated because he died. I people agree. Complained, people complained about this to Conan, a friend of Eddie. You know what Conan's response was? He goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, I think that's a bullshit. He goes, I think that's a bullshit opinion, but he's entitled to it. Right. Imagine that's, that. And that was the end of it. He squashed it. He, he oh. disagreed with not what he said. He said he thinks it's a shit opinion. Right. But he said I was entitled to say it. Not, and he knows the guy personally. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember Ben Harmeen being at uh, Brody Lee's deathbed and holding his hand. Not at all. You know, Ben, it almost seems like he kind of pretends to be friends with these wrestlers. And I look, I get, you know, he's worked his way into booking an indie fit or whatever. But, you know, the guy, I never heard of him, honestly, before he latched on to Vince Russo. Had no idea who he was. Had never heard of him. So he benefited greatly from joining Vince Russo. Of course. Cool. Yeah. You know, he's just not that interested. I mean, he wants to pretend he's interesting, but he's just not that interesting. I can tell you, I saw Ben Hameen's podcast download numbers. I 
saw them. How do I know? Rad Rob himself was a producer, okay, on, on Hameen Media Group. Is this, the, thought, um, is, this the, is this the pedophile, Rad Rob? Yeah, this is the wacko window whacker, the guy who showed his cock off to a neighbor in his window of his home, right? A oh, guy, a guy where, tried where, to give where, a chance to. Where was the? So there was no. Oh, sorry, I thought that he did it to like a kid or something. Or there was something. It was a female adult neighbor, to my knowledge. Oh, okay, right, okay. But he he exposed himself and continued masturbating, even when the cops were there. They were watching him. So, and this is a guy I gave an opportunity to. You might as well call him Ben Hameen Jr. because. The first time I did something, he's another one. Oh, I'm a conservative. I'm anti-cancel culture. And the first time that, you know, he gets a little heat from me, right? Because I tweeted about the person who signed an NDA and had sex with Vince McMahon, who used to work as a paralegal for WWE. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, we can't have that. Uh... So he's wishing me a happy Father's Day on Sunday. On Monday, he's emailing me and saying, I'm canceling you off the great rat Rob Radio Network. So, yeah, there's this pattern of conservatives who are weak need pussies, right? They want to be anti-cancel culture, but the truth is they're just not strong enough when the heat comes for them to stand by their principles. And so that's what I saw with Ben. And so Ben and I had a conversation after he canceled me. And again, Ben didn't tell me this. It's not like Ben came to me and we had a conversation. He told Rob Francois this, Rad Rob, right? And that's how I found out. And so I told Ben in a direct message after finding out, you got to figure out if you're going to be the guy who's anti-cancel culture in theory, in talk, or if you're going to be the guy who stands by his principles. And then I said, get your mop bucket, motherfucker. That's what I told him. Okay? And I didn't talk about that. I didn't brag about that. But I was letting him know real direct how I felt about the situation. Um, and so we've just got this pattern, and, and it's in our movement, Billy, the people who have similar similar beliefs to us right that you know talk about the anti-cancel culture and blah 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 but as soon as it comes for them it's like oh god what do i do i'm so scared uh i better cancel them and 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 rob went through this in in particular rob started kissing sean sap's ass you know he went on social media i saw the the message that was publicly put out that was that was embarrassing he threw me under the bus, you know. Oh, Sean, let me buy you lunch, please, Sean, for SummerSlam weekend. Sean, you're the greatest of all time. And then Sean said, you're lucky I don't fucking kick your ass. <laughs> it was great. It's like, if you haven't learned your lesson by now, these people are not your friends. They're not ever going to be. So pick your side and support the people who have similar beliefs, right? 
And I think that was a lesson for Rob. It's got to be a lesson for Ben, if he really believes that stuff. You know, and, and Ben complains and Ben told people that I'm the reason he hasn't gotten opportunities in pro wrestling. That's literally what he has told people. It's not because of me, Ben. I hate to tell you. You have people that you know that have been on your network, that you're friends with at some point, that work for the NWA, right? That work for AEW. Yet you're never involved in this loop. And allegedly, of course, the consulting with WWE, you got that because of Vince Russo. So what have you done? You've canceled people who have similar beliefs that you do while also talking about this woke mob in wrestling today. You know, Ben and I have a lot of similar beliefs. That's the thing about it. But he's gone out of his way to attack people like you and I more than the people who actually have different beliefs than him. Well, do you think, do you feel that people, a lot of people are playing the game in terms of they understand that there is this, um, this kind of woke mob out there and they know that there's this alternative audience and they feel like, okay, so there's enough subscribers to Meltzer and Sap and Saturn and they have their subscription bases. So we're going to go the, the other way, but we don't want to go too far because we don't want to demonetize ourselves. So do you feel like there's a lack of genuineness to it in terms of they're trying to find a gap in the market instead? And it's really all popularity mm-hmm. and money-based as to really genuinely being people who will stand up for these so-called beliefs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I really do. It's a matter of convenience. And I just don't give a fuck. You and I, we don't have to do this. You know, Ben Hameen... Dude, I haven't, I haven't done this show. I got pissed off with the comments on my thread. I took, I took three weeks off. I do it all the time. Like, people are like, DM me. And then people DM me, like, where's the content? And I'm like, well, respect the content that we do when we do it. Like, like I don't need to. I always go and do my bit. Do you know, I do my bit on Conan and Disco Show because I actually fucking enjoy it. Like, I don't, I'm not on any show at this point in my life. I'm so comfortable that I'm not fucking doing any content. Not one. I'm not opening my mouth for one second to do anything that I don't want to do. Like, yeah. there's no obligation for me. Like, oh, this show's supposed to come out every week. I haven't put this show out for three weeks. Like, I was supposed yeah. to talk about the, the Clash of the Castle. I did, because I went to it as an attendee. I did it over on Conan's show. I didn't do it on my show here on YouTube. If I was trying to grow an audience, uh, get patrons, and do all these things, I would consistently be here every week, battle through, ignore the comments, or try to Turn it, turn it around. I haven't made one single effort to turn people's uh, comments around. Um, you know, I'm not going to make up news stories. I'm not going to front end my show with news so you can switch off after I've done it. Like, I'm not going to do the do it the way that other people want to do it. I want to do it my way. I'm going to do it yeah. as I've done it on the dirty sheets, a show with an established audience, which is why we're here. I'm sitting here talking to you because somebody liked how I did my other show and asked me to come and do that show on their show. Like, that's a fact. Like, I, and the thing is, is that luckily, unlike you, Brad, like I haven't had to change that and water that shit down and like, and like think, Oh, you know what? I'm not going to say this thing or I'm not going to say that thing. I'm going to be controversial 
up until this point, just to make sure that I in no way risk demonetizing myself or pissing off the people who are, pay are, are paying me or I'm working with or giving me opportunities to be on channels. Look, if this ends tomorrow, it ends tomorrow. I'll go back to being on the dirty sheets and a load of these people who leave negative comments will find me. Why do my views not drop on a week? If you hate me so much and you're sick of the way I do the show, how can the views not be dropping? How are the views not dropping? Like, tell me, like, tell me how that makes any sense. And I don't give a fuck whether you tick like or dislike because the dislike or the like is still a view, right? That's the part that people don't understand. And I think, and, and you spoke about that earlier, earlier on, like your haters are your biggest fans. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about, which I think is really interesting, and when you're talking about like uh, Rad Rob sending that desperate and embarrassing email to Sean Mossap, why is there so much desperation in this? Why are so many people doing this? Why are so many Twitter accounts like uh, one's called X, X, X Zero something I saw? I, I see another one called um, Pro Wrestling Overtime and all these all these other just these little bullshit accounts, these little bullshit websites. Why are so many people pretending that, oh, hey, I talked to someone in wrestling and I heard this and it's like hundreds of people pretending that they have any news. What's the obsession with this industry? Because I'd understand it if it'd be like, okay, if you're in the, if you cover the NFL and you have your ear to the ground and you find out about trades or injuries or in soccer, if you find out about transfers or injuries or have inside information, there's a big profit there. You can make profit mm -hmm. via betting. You can make profit by the millions and millions of people that watch those sports worldwide. There's nothing here. It's so condensed. First of all, you have a small audience anyway per week of 2 million people that watch the top show, of which out of that 2 million, 10% of those are on the dirt sheets. We're all fighting for 200,000 people, right? And I don't consider myself in the fight because I do completely different content to, to everybody else. And my news is genuine. And it comes from the fact that, hey, I know what, I, you know, the, the source of my news comes from knowing what bets, what bets insiders are putting down um, and why they're putting them down and finding out that through my, through my sources. Like, that's one of the, that's one of the, the we haven't spoken about your sources. I don't know if you're comfortable doing it or, or giving any hints or anything. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But let's do, answer this question first. Why are these so? Why is this so saturated when it's such a small audience with such a small payoff? That is such a great question, Billy. And I think it ultimately comes down to acceptance. They are desperate to be accepted by the wrestling community, by the people in the business. If most, I, of them do, most of them do it without a face. You know, I don't know what they yeah, look like. Yeah. So, well, they're, they're losers, right? If I were worried about being accepted by the wrestling community, the IWC, the people in the business, I wouldn't say that Queen Elizabeth, right now, a week later, smells better than Jesse Davin's elostomy bag. I, I fucking hate that girl. Like... You can't, I kind of got one jot of sympathy for anything that she's going through. Like, if anybody deserves all that, it would be her. She's a, she's a fucking piece of shit. Like, a hundred. And, and the thing is, like, is that for everything that she's done to everybody else, the amount of people she's, do you know, do you know they go to the point where they don't just 
they're, they're now just not. She's not. She's not just involved. Like she's got so much time on her hands. Obviously, I, I don't like you know because she doesn't do any parenting quite clearly. Mm-hmm. It's past the point of grabbing little groups together because I know she does these little Twitter spaces and all that. That's fine if you want to do that. If you want to do retweets or whatever, they're now. She's reached a point on several occasions where she's posted where people work, and then mm-hmm. to to get people to contact the the employers of people. That's the type of person she is, and I'm supposed to be sympathetic to the fact that she's not got a fucking colon or whatever it is that she's got. I don't give a shit. Right. Like I think if anybody yeah. deserves that for doing what she's done, the doxing that she's participated in, then that's her. Then that's it. That's the person. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, butt sex with her is probably pretty safe. But, uh, you know, I'll say this. That entire group has doxxed me. They've gone after my wife. They've doxxed her. You know, they have doxxed where I live. I don't give a fuck. You want to come see me? You know where I live? I don't care. Come find me. Because what you're going to be fucking doing is asking me for a fucking picture. And nothing more. Because I will bitch slap you 20 ways to Sunday if you dare even think you can do what you're tweeting about. These people live in an alternate reality where they get on Twitter, where they talk tough, where they hide behind fake profiles with fake names, with fake, you know, it's ridiculous. And they're the toughest guy in the world. Well, I'm six foot six. Come say that to my face. I fucking dare you. Have you, you go to shows, have you ever run into an audience member? Have you met met your audience? I have gone to shows and I've never met a negative person, but I've met the opposite, the positive. It's exactly what just happened to me uh, when I was on StarCast. I was doing, I, I got upgraded, right, to a different seat. And, and and was given like an all access so I had an all access pass which was changed to a full media pass by a listener who worked for Starcast a high up who had the authority to do that so this whole bullshit story that come out where somebody's like oh you're not supposed to be backstage here well that was because one person who's like on the on the sap side of things saw me there and was like oh you're not supposed to be here but it's like well dickhead someone higher than you loves our fucking show, mm-hmm. loves me, like a lot of people do, and said, oh, hey, Billy, I love your show with Conan. I love the way you fucking give it straight. Here's a better here's a better seat to go and watch Ric Flair's last match for you and your son. Mm-hmm. That's the facts of what actually happened, Brad. Like, so, and, that, and that, that's that, that's the thing. So I, I met nobody. And to be honest, there's two types of audience here. There's, there's, this Conan show is very weird. Like, you know, when you're on Russo's show, it's very much all people that think like that. Here, it's like, you know, you get a lot of people who uh, who want, like, you know, a straight-up opinion. Who are, and, and I met a lot of these people, and they did look hygiene, like, you know, looked like they did look like they took care of their hygiene, and they didn't mm-hmm. look particularly overweight, balding, you know, all that kind of shit. Everybody I met wasn't like that. I met one guy who was actually selling pictures that he drew, uh, selling prints of like great artists. Me listening to the show, very talented person. I ran into him. I ran into a couple of guys that actually were working on the Starcast event. 
Uh, I ran it. I ran a diet. It runs a very successful business. I actually hung out with two guys, even, and for me to hang out with people with my son, like wrestling people, they have to be cool. Like I'm not going to expose yeah. my son to that. I may do it out of politeness. Yeah. I may be like, oh, let's have a drink with my listeners or whatever. But I wouldn't take my make my son go through it. My son gives me the out. But these these guys were super cool. This guy was super successful and super normal. So I. Um, uh, his name's Cliff, by the way. I'll just give him a shout out. Um, so I, um, I, 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 that was my experience of it. I didn't get any of those hostilities at all. So yeah, I was just wondering whether it's a case of you think that people will abuse you and still ask for a picture, or the ones that like you will come up to you, and the ones that don't like you will just walk away. Like, because I, I, I feel, you know, that the, the ones that don't like you will still. To your face, coming up, say they do like you, take your picture, things of that nature. Oh, for sure, because they're pussies. Right. If you don't have the guts to put your name behind what you do on social media, you're a bitch, right? And so that's what I do. When you think Brody Lee is a mid card wrestler, when you think Johnny Gargano is a fucking little midget that doesn't belong in WWE, when you think women's wrestling is the shits, and you put your name behind it, that says something. As you, are you are you listing three things you've got hate for? Three things that I've got hate for because I <laughs> I listed this. I I've said it, I got hate for the Johnny thing. This I had a whole argument about it. Like literally, we're coming out of disco. This disco actually argued that sometimes people want somebody who's very polished and can do the backstage skits without loads of takes and things like that. He tried to make a defense, not for him to be a main eventer, but for why he was, why he was hired completely. My argument was is that we're being inundated with these hires. And yes. I would sort of to transition onto the modern day product. I'm not going to say it's not better because under triple H, it has been better. It has been more consistent in terms of telling stories and arcs and things that were missing before. You know, in terms of the disorganization doesn't seem to be there. But I find that that is a disappointing thing to be given credit for. If that's the highest, my disappointment is that that's the highest level of credit that I could give him. Now, we all knew it was a shit show while Vince was there. But as old school fans, I don't know how long you've been a fan for. I've been watching since 1991. But as old school fans, a fan of 31 years, I always thought that once Vince goes or dies or whatever, if it does go to Triple H or if it goes, if it gets purchased by, if it came via a purchase, be it Disney or or, C, or NBC take it over uh, or whatever, then we would be seeing a very different product. We'd be seeing the next evolution of wrestling. Now, we've now seen that Vince has handed it on. We're seeing what it looks like. I am disappointed. Not, and, and this is where people, they, they don't have the capacity to really listen to the words that you are saying. It is better than Vince. Yes. I have to like make that clear over and over again because people are so fucking stupid. It is better. But for somebody who waited 10 years, the product's been bad for 10 years, right? It's not been where it should be. For someone that waited out 10, 11 years to say, change is coming. Somebody's going to buy this. Vince is going to step down. Something's going to happen. And then we're now seeing it. For me, yeah. it isn't different enough. I'm yeah. disappointed by the change. Is that not okay to say? 
Well, it's okay to say because it's true. It's honest. There are things I like and things I don't like about Noseman Paul's uh, creative direction. And by the way, if you just say Noseman Paul, they get very triggered in the IWC if you say that. Because right? he's because he's loved as some kind of evolutionary uh, person <laughs> who changed the, the business. Where what I, st I still see... Oh, so I, I watch Raw now the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So we use a an app called... Um, Oh, I can't show you because I'm using my phone. Um, we, I, so I watch it on BT Sport. And when you watch it the next day on BT Sport to skip the adverts, it comes into chapters. And when I go to chapter one, which is entirely Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins, and it says that that match is 33 minutes, I don't, I, I don't care how good it is anymore. Right. Because yeah. everybody can go. Because of NXT and the system that, well, I say that, but we see some shit on AW, which is awful. But everybody can wrestle competently in the WWE system, right? That you know they, they don't need to do all the nose dives and everything like that. But we know that they can they can solidly go. We know Rollins and Lashley is going to be a good match. We know that they're going to be able to sell and everything and whatnot, and false finishes, etc. But I can't sit through that for the whole show and every single week. I'm on my phone. Um, I'm I, I'm skipping the first seven or eight minutes because I know there's going to be an ad break and they're really only going to step it up like afterwards. And my son, who's 11 now, is even less interested. Now, the one thing that I don't think WWE are in touch with because even with Triple H, who has his own children and whatever, they still all grew up in a wrestling bubble. You need to talk to an 11-year-old who is interested in YouTube, PlayStation, TikTok. Uh, my son is watching videos from Andrew Tate, who he loves, who, who um, you know, who he knows who Logan Paul is, he knows who KSI is. But the thing is, is that through my son watching highlight, he doesn't, he doesn't even watch a load of soccer games with me for the full 90 minute period. He'll still watch highlights. Kids want the highlights now. Like kids want your, your drop off of these, your, your fan creation that you want to do by going to this PG rating of trying to grab and capture the entire family. You want the wife, you want the, you want the son, but now you want the daughter. There's no plan for the fact that at 10 or 11, and I've witnessed it, the interest drops. Does my son still keep up with it? Yes, because he wants a connection with his dad. Like we connect through the wrestling and he doesn't want it to be a point where I say, oh, hey, there's an opportunity to go to, I want to go to WrestleMania this year. And I want you to come with me. He wants to go on that trip. So he'll watch on YouTube and he'll keep up to date what's going on. But they no longer have an 11-year-old who watches a three-hour version of Raw. They lost that. They lost that two years ago. They lost that during the um, lock during the pandemic, uh, pandemic Raws, the empty arena uh, Raws. And he, and, and he never came back. There's no plan there to keep that audience. And this is what they don't understand. There's a big gap of people who are very, very busy. And unless Raw like changes for the new for the new era, you will only stay at these two million people because these two million, and I may be generalizing a lot. So let's just look at the vast majority of these people. If they've got the time to watch it, they're not going to be on the high end jobs where they're busy. They're not going to have lots of friends. They're not going to have a commitment to a girlfriend that wants to go out and do things or that wants to watch other things. They're just not going to be able. A person with a good income, who's cool, who has a good job and has a good set of friends, isn't going to digest seven hours of wrestling content per week. They're just not going right. to. 
Yeah. They, they, they're better. They, you know, I have friends who are just about able to watch seven hours of NFL on a Sunday, and that's like, oh, you know, my girlfriend's my girlfriend lets me watch the my girlfriend's like cool with it. Mm-hmm. She lets me watch the NFL for seven hours a week. But do your kids let you watch it for seven hours a week? Like, are you is, is, is your kid not going to be jumping around or have some shit to do like some soccer game on Saturday morning, Sunday morning? Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. it's fucking hard for a person who has money. Who what who, who who the advertisers that you want to attract? They need that person to be watching. You don't have the product for that person. Do you have the product for these people who are watching this YouTube video? With all due respect, like yeah, you probably do. But do you have the product for the fifty thousand k earners with families and good jobs, with a sex life, with a social life? Are they consuming seven hours of WWE content, Brad? Yeah, absolutely not. They're, I mean, they're just not. And, you know, as we talk about Monday Night Football, right, and how popular the NFL is in the United States. Right? Well, why didn't we Why didn't we do this show yesterday, Brad? Let's, let's give some insight into why we didn't do the show yesterday, because you, you were free yesterday. Well, you've got the NFL, right? I mean. Yeah, that's, and- <laughs> what, I, that's what I was watching. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was And you had a choice, right? Just like everybody else who's got access to WWE Raw, who's got access to the NFL, who's got access to every other TV show on cable, on satellite, on streaming. That's what people don't understand, especially in the wrestling bubble. WWE's competition is not necessarily AEW. It's every show on at the same time Raw and SmackDown and anything else they may have is on, right? You can be watching Raw, you can be watching Monday Night Football, you can be watching a hundred other things right now, right, as these shows are on. So that's the competition. And that is what WWE on Monday Nights, for example, is competing against. It's not Dynamite. Dynamite's on a different fucking night. They're competing against Monday Night Football and the NFL and every other thing. So... If you got a, a niche wrestling audience and you bring in KO and Johnny Gargano and, you know, Angry Elf Champa and all these little indie flippers and, you know, you bring your failed NXT agenda to the main roster, yet the marks, the IWC bubble are going to like that. But what have we seen happen? Now that fans have a choice, what are the raw ratings? What's the viewership on raw? Well, it's down about 700,000 since Monday Night Football started. That is all you need to know, right? I mean, it's so telling, yet everybody wants to ignore it. Oh, people can watch the women's wrestling, Alexa Bliss and whatever the fuck was in the main event of Raw. And people didn't watch that because Monday Night Football was on. What is that an excuse? That's your competition. That is what you're trying to get, right? You want those viewers. And how do you get that? You don't get it by having longer fake matches, by not having characters that are larger than life, by not having characters that look like they could beat you in a fight, right? I mean, Johnny Gargano, he may be the least believable wrestling character in a long time in WWE. It's not a good look. Especially for how much he's being portrayed, right, on on the biggest stage in the biggest company. I don't get it at all, and that's Noseman Paul. 
right? That's the NXT agenda. He's got his little buddies. And has he done some things I like? Absolutely. But you got to realize there's a reason that AEW fans, that Mark audience, decided they wanted to watch Dynamite instead of NXT when they were on Wednesday nights. They chose NXT, they chose AEW instead of NXT. So why would you bring that to the main roster of WWE and think that's going to get over? That's going to work. They're going to be stars. That's never going to happen. A casual audience is never going to buy that. I had a conversation with someone recently in a store, in a bar, and it's like, you know, you watch this product, your average guy drinking a beer, not your Mark Wrestling fan, not the guy who watches Raw every single week, but someone who casually watches or hasn't watched in a long time. And they do not buy people like Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano. They just don't. That's not my opinion. Well, it is my opinion, but that's their opinion also. And that's so not, That's not your narrative, you mean. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I always try to present like this non-bubble sort of opinion because right now in wrestling media, that opinion is badly needed. You want to hear that Johnny Gargano is the greatest thing ever and five stars and Johnny Wrestling and blah, blah, blah. You listen to Dave Meltzer. You listen to Sean Sepp. Those are the guys who are going to tell you it's the fucking greatest thing ever. But if you want someone who's going to be honest, who's going to say, hey, this is a guy I was bigger than in middle school. This is a guy who's simply not believable, who has the charisma of dry paint. That's going to be me. That's going to be you. It's not going to be the mainstream wrestling media. We need that honesty because people are tuning out and no one is willing to say why. And this is the thing, right? So I feel instead of people, you know, coming on here and telling me to get on with the news, listen, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to, like, put myself over to, to, to any more than, than I need to. But the facts are the facts. I'm somebody who's been in around the club scene, been on television. I've got more people in my phone than, than most people would have if they had if they had five phones. So, like, you know, I, it, it's full of people. And through the amount of people that I've met, be it at wrestling shows or through, like, social interaction or whatever, I know that other audience. I know this audience, too. I do a podcast with my colleague called Cav. I used to do it with a guy called Nick who doesn't watch as much now because he has family commitments and work commitments. Um, there's there's a lawyer um, who um, who, in, who who lives by me. Um, he he what he comes around my house and watches pay per view. I have an 11 year old son. I know a model uh, a a a model uh, called Hope Brooks. Um, so these are very I know wrestlers too. Like this is a very different group of people. I, I used to go to WrestleMania with my with my friends from from school. I then changed to going to WrestleMania with my brother. I then went with a guy called Dan who runs an escort agency, a big escort agency in London. Look at the personality, model, escort agency owner, um, school friend, lawyer, guys in America who are wrestling fans from other podcasts, actual wrestlers. I put myself in a position to know through, through, through like my life, I know the biggest, biggest range of people that you could possibly know. I know so many people who watched this or who are now casually keeping an eye on this. 
none of the people that I mentioned, other than the ones who are on podcasts, are still watching. Even from my 11-year-old boy to the um, to the to, to the model that I spoke about, like when I'm talking about Hope, to um, the escort agency owner, these are these are completely different people. The only ones that you that they kept were the podcast was the podcast host, like Cav from the from the Lingus Mafia podcast, and me obviously doing this as a job too. There's a reason why you lost all of those casuals. And I can tell you why, because I know, because I talked to them. That's what you get with me. I'm outside of the bubble through through my experiences. I'm not here in a group. My, my social circle isn't wrestling fans. And I'm not giving you the opinion of wrestling fans. I know why people are not watching. I know when my son turns around and sees an advert, or, or, or when I when I see my son on, the, on Saturday afternoon, and he goes... Uh, Oh, she watched SmackDown. Oh, he's Roman on it. He's Roman on it this week. No, I don't think he is. Oh, well, let's just watch it. Let's just skip through it then. Let's just skip through it. That's what he says. He always says, let's just skip yeah. through it. Like, yeah. unless, unless Roman's on. Like, that's, you know, Roman, Brock, Cena, they all still yeah. recognize, whether you like it or not, like, they're recognized as the real stars. Yeah. Like, Triple H can do what he wants and bring in whoever he wants. But unless you, like, build them, unless they look the part, unless you go and get yeah. Wardlow, and, what, and there are exceptions, like MJF was a small guy, but like he's the best talker that we've had in the last like 10 years. Other than CM Punk, who actually showed on that media scrum that he can still fucking draw money if they actually had the brains to fucking draw money from what they actually got from him. Should have, should have been uh, their creative plan. Right. So let's, let's talk about it because we haven't given AW anything here on the show. Um, one of the reasons I like reached out to you to sort of do this exchange was you had some very fucking big AW stuff that was giving you a lot of heat last week, which I want to get to. But before we get to that that bit of news and whatnot, let's talk about the media scrum. Let's talk about the product. Let's talk about how you felt like it looked Tony made look Tony look. Is it a work? Isn't it a work? Is MJF a work? Was that whole thing a work? Like, where are you sitting with with AW right now? So. I was always skeptical. I mean, it's pro wrestling, so you're always skeptical. It is, you know, a given thing of work. You're always kind of wondering that, right? You never kind of know unless you know you're on the inside. But the thing with AEW is it's out of control. I mean, it's really not a work. Now, can they take things and run with them? Yeah. You know, can they turn them into business? They should. That's what they should have done. Uh, and have they to some degree? Probably. But, you know, the thing to me is when you have CM Punk and he unleashes on the fake news wrestling media, and that's what they are. That's why I call them every week on my podcast, Brad right, like, Unleashed. That's what with, they are. As I said, because I said to Joe Feeney, who, uh, who does all the technical stuff, um, let, let's get let's get, to the, let, get me into the media scrum and ask a real question. He said, no, yeah. John. Yeah. Like, how, K, how are K100 not represented in this media scrum? Like, because this, you, you know, keeping it 100 is a huge podcast. So, yeah. you know, why, you know, me, you, we're never going to be there. Why? Because what? Never. We're going to ask a fucking honest question. Absolutely right. That's the thing. They know, and Tony Khan himself knows, who the real people are. The people he wants to avoid that are going to ask the real questions, that aren't the marks, that aren't going to kiss his ass, that aren't going to say, I've asked presidential candidates questions and... This is the most nervous I've ever been. That was that was that was fucking pathetic. Like I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Embarrassing. Are you kidding me? So CM Punk totally cucks these guys. 
who considers themselves a real journalist? So he sets the stage right away. So he clowns everyone there in the wrestling media. And then he clowns Tony Khan. Totally fucking cucks him in front of everybody. It was really fascinating to watch because, you know, Punk clearly seemed to be ready to unleash this because the fake news wrestling media, whether you like Punk or not, had a narrative, right, uh, about this entire situation with Colt Cabana. They were reporting whatever they believed or speculated or heard from the fucking janitor. And he's fed up with it. And, And the dynamic to watch Punk with Tony Khan you know, and basically Punk to say, no, Tony, it wasn't your place to do this. And him just to go off and Tony to stand there, or sit there, uh, just in not to say anything. Could you imagine Vince McMahon would have told CM Punk, all right, this, this is the end of the interview, or shut the fuck up, or this is over. We're wrapping this up now, right? Tony has never been in this position before. Tony is being out-alphaed by CM Punk live during this media scrum. By the way, I think these media scrums are ridiculous. It's a joke. They shouldn't even happen. This is a fake TV show. Why should we be asking the fake wrestlers? These guys aren't fighting each other. Why should we be asking them questions about fake matches? About fake pushes? It's the fucking dumbest thing ever. Because if you have that media there... Which they do because if you if you have a what am I trying to say if you have a a lamestream media <laughs> covering your product which they do they have this weird and the thing is is that look it's 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 a cycle they've got the mm-hmm. they've got this this corny little media that will cover it and the guy that owns it buys into that corny little media because he grew up despite the fact that we grew up with money. And he can own a football team, which he does, which he doesn't run properly. And he can run a soccer team. And he can, like, you know, he could, he could fucking have the biggest... His dad could buy him the biggest fucking strip club in Vegas. And he could be around fucking whores all day. That's what I would do. Um, like, he he is fantasizes about this. He fantasizes about booking a wrestling territory. He's openly come out and said that in school. He booked wrestling in his school books. Um, he said that. I said that. I, I did that, too. Like I, 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 did my teenage years. You know, I, I would, I would fantasy book SummerSlam '97 or, or, or you know, the Heart Foundation USA feud. Like I, I'm sure I did it, right? But I don't do it now. And to be and and to run this company like this and to not run it for profit, which is absurd to me, does does not make any sense. Like he, he, he wants to have the approval of the of these people. It's in, it's insane. That's why they're there, and that's why we have it. It's a, it's a, he, it's a chance for him to say at the end of the show, what did you guys tell me? I can't wait to read what you're going to say. Like, tell me, I want to know now what you, what you, it's like a fucking kid on Christmas Eve. Like that's what he, he can't wait till Christmas to, to read what they have to say. He wants to know immediately. He wants instant gratification from these people right face to face about what they, how they felt the show went. Like that, that's what it is. It's, it's all for him. Mm. Well, I mean, he's at a Jacksonville Jaguars football game, and he is booking a wrestling show. That's a thing he actually did. So so this is a guy who is a wrestling mark first, right? He just is. You know, whatever you think of it, that's what he is. And so that's his approach. And so you got the boys coming in, right, all the talent, 
they realize this. They're not stupid. They can smell it a mile away, and they take advantage of this guy. Uh, and so that's how you end up with a locker room that you can't control. Because you're a wrestling mark instead of a boss who's managing talent and properties and money. It's just like, you know, and, and Oprah, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. And it's like, you get a million, and you get a million, and you get a million, and you get a contract, and you get a contract. And it became all ex-WWE. That's what AEW became. And you know, he lost his way of what they were supposed to be. And he's not the only one. Chris Jericho is another one. Who I see that uh, I think he's had an exceptional career. But he's damaged that in AEW. I mean, what he's doing right now and the negative things he's saying about WWE, it just feels... hes It's ridiculous. You know, and, and I just feel like uh, Tony Khan has got to get control of that ship. It's completely off the rails. And I'm looking forward to talking about some of those things that we're going to talk about in a little bit regarding that. Well, we can get onto that now. Like we can, we, I, I want to get onto that because yeah, I mean, I, I, this is this, this I want, I want your AW stuff. I want to know like, cause, cause AW, I, I, I'm very open with the stuff with, with things in terms of my AW um, my AEW source is nowhere near as strong as my WWE stuff. My WWE information is deep rooted from from things that I did um, from ten years ago. In terms of the friendships I made, um, things that I organized for them on tour. Um, it's a deep relationship with with, with wrestlers, camera crew, um, you know, inside people who you know work in like publishing, um, creative. It's it's. It's all, it's in so, I've got my like fingers in pies across the board across WWE. I can, sometimes when I think something sounds fishy, I can, I can verify it. So like when someone like, um, Karrion Cross is upset with me and wants to talk to me about it at a convention, I can say to him, Hey, look, I got it. I felt, I didn't even, I, I wasn't even keen on your story because you're a friend of Disco. I had to like get the permission of Disco. I had to get the permission of Conan. I had to tell them that I don't like triple verified the story, and then I spoke about it, right? Because it was offensive to his wife or girlfriend or whatever she was at the time. So he accepted that when we spoke. So this is the thing with me with WWE. I have no doubt. Whenever I say things, when I turn around and go, when people turn around and say, "Oh, maybe Roman's going to lose it to this guy," or maybe he's going to lose it to Brock, or maybe Drew McIntyre is going to win in the UK. Nope, nope, nope. I say nope. I say oh, he's got. He's going. To Mania, they're desperately trying to get The Rock. They, they want The Rock. They want The Rock. They want The Rock. He's not going to lose till he gets to The Rock. Keep yeah. saying it. Like People can put all these different stories out. They can say that Cody's going to replace The Rock. Can you imagine that Cody actually did replace The Rock in, after all this time, and it was Cody wins The Rumble? I mean, Cody could win The Rumble, and they could find a different way to, to split two titles, no doubt. But if, the, if you don't give people Rock Roman at WrestleMania... Um, it's going to be a massive, massive letdown. I almost feel like there are not not that not not millions or hundreds of thousands, but there are there are a good chunk of people holding on to the product at the moment, waiting for that payoff. Right? I know I know my son's like one of them. So yeah. So my, getting to my point, my WWE stuff is solid. My AEW stuff, not so much. So I have people like who who brought people over to the country for signings and whatnot. Uh, AW people have a weird contract where they're long-term to AW, but they're independent for special products. So through that, I've been able to find out bits and pieces about AW. 
but I admit, like, it's nowhere near as strong. Uh, this this idiot who works for uh, for SAP for SAP, he tried to on behalf of SAP. This guy called Will. He, do you know this guy, Will? Will Washington. Will Washington. So Will, I do know of him. Will used to have a podcast, RBR Neighborhood, and right. Will Will used to let his white friends call him the N word. Will is married to a white wife, lives in the suburbs, but he's one of these social justice warriors that loves to remind people he's black and talk about the black causes. But it's really all phony, performative bullshit. So that's Will Washington in a nutshell. Yeah, well, anybody that sucks up to Sean Ross Sapp is is, a, is exactly going to be that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he tried to be friendly. Like, after everything that was going on with Sapp, he said to me, oh, hey, just to let you know, your, your W, he went, it was something along the lines of, I know, he goes, uh, I know, uh, he goes, your W, I, I have to admit, your WWE stuff is solid. Like, he was kind of basically saying to me, oh, we get all the real info. We know, like, he did it in a way it was like, oh, yeah, we get everything. And actually, what you report is quite close to what we hear. It's like, dude, I don't give a fuck what you hear. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I don't need to you to to validate me Jesus. when I'm, when I beat you guys on a consistent basis, and I do it now on a free platform on purpose. Um, so, and then he goes, but, you know, your AEW, he goes, I just, I'm just letting you know um, your AEW stuff ain't right. So he was trying to befriend me, and he was trying to go down the line of, hey, your WWE stuff's great, but the AEW stuff's not right. Uh, he goes, can I just, he goes, can I just ask who you heard that from, and all this kind of shit. Like, I was going to enter into this relationship with Sap. Like, I want to, like, again, like Ben was saying, like, I'm trying to climb this invisible ladder, and I want to be friends with you, Will Washington. I don't. So I immediately blew this guy off. So he immediately said, look, I don't give a fuck what you think. So so that that's the issue I have with him, because he came from it from a different route. He thought, like, he could be this, like, mediator between me and Sap, which I had no fucking interest in at all. But yeah, I'll admit, like, when you broke your AW stuff last week, I didn't know about any of it. So that's why I thought, like, you know, this this whole, yeah. me and Brad are going to now pop onto each other's shows, so let's get him on, like, ASAP to talk about uh, some of the stuff. you And obviously, some of the stuff you said, which got you heat again. And I think some of the stuff you said, had you been working with Ben or Rad Rob or was it Pro... Pro Sports Extra, yeah. you were at one point. Or I think you could have got kicked off again, but you're now yeah. safe. You're now safe where you are. So let's let's talk about it here because you can't get me kicked off. So yeah, that's well, that's the thing they hate is now that I'm independent, they can't kick me off. There's nothing they can do, and they get really and you mad. Can't get, they can't and you control. can't get and you can't get me kicked off either. So so yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about it. So AEW has been such a shit show backstage for a long time. You know, a lot of the stuff going on is not new per se. It's that the wrestling media, who is aware of it, has not reported it. You know, they've been afraid to report it because they're not real media, as we know. Uh, but they're afraid to lose their access, right? Those fake media scrums, you know, the access to the interviews with the talent. So they're not going to report that's those the, That's things. the only thing that that's when they when they when they want to be when they claim to be journalists. The media scrum is the only journalistic thing that they do. Yeah, absolutely. So they don't want to report that. Um, so yeah, you know, 
there's a lot of things going on. We have this weird geeky circle jerk of, of validation. He like Tony validates them as journalists and they validate him as a booker. It's like a weird little geeky circle jerk. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, for sure. They will, every one of them validates each other's place in in, in life mm-hmm. or in, in this or in this industry. But see, men like you and I, Billy, don't need that validation. That goes back to the acceptance I talked about. They right. crave that. They need that. I don't need that in pro wrestling. I don't need that in life in general. That's just my personality. But they do. So they're not going to report, for example, that Christian has been having sex with Britt Baker. Just close your eyes. Apparently, yeah, that's what she's been doing. And so, so give, yeah, me give us the background on that before you give us any more. Because how, how do, because people are going to say she's with Adam Cole and Christian's married, I assume. So how does that come about? Like, obviously, I'm not asking you for who approached who about that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but I mean, you don't, you wouldn't know. But who, well, how, is, how is that possible? So, obviously, I think people know that Adam Cole has been out recently he's been injured uh yeah i was told that um christian has been brit baker's mentor uh whatever that means and they've been really close lately and blah 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 uh and then the next thing you know i am told from a very reliable source and that's the only reason that i reported this that they had sex you know, and I totally believe that to be true. And it's very reliable information. Uh, so, you know, another thing I was told after the fact is that they have an open relationship. Adam and Britt, right? So, in Christian, we know Jay Riso. He's divorced from his wife. Okay. So, you know, but... That's the kind of thing when you hear it's scandalous and people are very interested in it. I mean, there's memes online going on about my report today. So it definitely resonated. But this is not new to the wrestling business. Like, this sort of thing going on in wrestling has been going on forever. It's not uncommon so much as it is just not reported. Right? You're going to hear something like that from me, maybe from you. You're not going to hear that from Dave Meltzer. You're not going to hear that from Sean Ross Sapp on his fucking $5 paywall. So, so no, that's I, the difference. I, I was, when I was with the WWE, when I was working with the WWE in 2007, like there was a, there was a diva there, a girl who had agreed to fuck, who was married, who had agreed to fuck three guys, but not at once. She said, I'm not doing you all at once. And, they all came down, like they came, they went that one went up, one went down, and one at a time, they all went up there and went like one came down and went, You're next and went up there. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember this um from, from two that that's the kind of weird shit that's going on. Like there's there's there was a it was a, literally a woman who got banged by three mm-hmm. people consecutively and it agreed yeah. to it. Um that it's it's just it's it's not the wrestling locker room is not what you think it is. No, all. no, absolutely not. And then I started hearing about this quote-unquote drug floor at the Regency Hyatt in Jacksonville, Florida, where the AEW wrestlers in brass would meet, and they'd party, and they'd you know drink alcohol, and they'd do drugs, and they'd have a wild time. 
You know, and, and again, I think if you're in the know, this is not going to be a shocking revelation to you. I think if you don't know how the wrestling business works, if you're not in the know, you're going to get offended by that. And you're going to think, wait a minute, there's no way so-and-so could be doing something like that. Well, yeah, actually they could and they do, right? It's like, um, you know, there, there was a recent conversation with Patrick Clark about main roster WWE talent doing cocaine. You know, and he kind of alludes and hints and whatever he doesn't really say. And I can tell you, I've been told there are talent that do that today, that work on the main roster, that are appearing on Raw, that have strippers back at their house, you know, that have all kinds of wild parties. Like, so these marks in the IWC Twitter bubble, they are fucking clueless. By the way, they're the people, Billy, that are telling us laughably that we have no idea what we're talking about so this is the thing and when i when i tell you that when when people come to england and they say to me hey we need to know how to get this down the other or can you as someone who lives over there like th th these these are the things you know that i'm alluding to so you know that they, 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 there is a there is a there is there are things that, that that people there are things that people do and let me say this in in without you know in their defense this has lessened a lot in the over the years especially over in the wwe from partying back in 2007 when even fucking cena would be out and he would put cena would regularly especially on on tour put it charge everything to his car right so, like, he's not who people think he is. Like, obviously, I'm not saying this in a neck. Like, he's, you know, he's um, he's he, he's seen her, but he's also likes to go out and 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 he he for me, I think he's the guy that's been on top since I've been covering this. He's yeah. the guy that was on top, who I think was the most popular with with everybody else, uh, mm. because everybody loved John. Like, and yeah. uh, and and it was and it was because of things like that. So. That culture has reduced somewhat, but it still doesn't mean that people aren't doing it. And when I heard Patrick Clark talking, I knew exactly who that person was, and I know exactly who the people are that still do things. Uh, yes, yeah, so, and I can imagine in, in AEW, without having the people there, because look, I, I was involved in such activities, and I came out of a, 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 I came out of a, a hotel room, and Charlotte Flair was going to the gym at 7.30 a.m. in the morning or whatever. And she was just like, she was just like this. <laughs> like, because that's, and, you, and when you have your Charlottes and your Seth Rollinses and your Becky Lynches and you get these people on the, on the roster, it's a lot yeah. more minuscule on yeah. that side of it. It's, it's, it's kept yeah. a lot under bar. It's not a public party yet. After a show, some people may order some like drinks in, or, or they may drink, have some drinks in catering or whatever. But in AEW, this shit is rife and encouraged, which is the difference. Yeah. And when I hear someone like Punk say, um, "I work with children," and the EVPs couldn't run a target, I almost felt like even before we spoke that that he was talk that this culture wasn't for him, that he didn't know that he was coming into all of this shit that he's against because he didn't even party 
he went he didn't even party back in 2011 and whatnot when i saw him in a hotel i saw him come down like to to eat and and to like you know socialize a little bit but he wasn't up till like fucking three four like some of these guys he was up in bed like 12 31 o'clock that's not his thing at all um and to have it encouraged i think some of the stuff that's bothering him comes from this in my opinion i don't know i don't know factually for, for a fact for sure i mean you got to think whatever you think of punk here's a guy who comes from the wwe system and it's not perfect but it's night and day difference from AEW. and he comes to AEW and he wants to elevate AEW. and what he sees really is an indie shit show i mean it is really it's an embarrassingly bad operation i mean it really truly is and you got tony khan doing these fake media scrums and he's hugging the wrestlers and it, it's almost like a guy who didn't have a father growing up or something like he's looking at these wrestlers like you know it's it's very but it's a bizarre thing it really is it's almost he's like the only, only child isn't it yeah it's right. like a study in psychology i mean it'd be a fascinating study uh and so you got to think he's and I don't think Punk's alone, by the way. I think some of these, you know, all ex-WWE have come, come to AEW. You know, they've gone through it, and they're like, oh, man, uh, this is a crap show, right? I mean, look at Aleister Black. You know, I fully expect to see that guy back in WWE. I mean, but, you know, it's like these people are coming across. They're, they are high in their own supply because... They weren't properly used in WWE, and WWE is the big evil giant, and they get out of WWE, and they go to AEW, and they have more control over their creative, and it, and what they realize is, man, you know, it's like Miro comes in as the best friend? What? The best friend of a mid-card guy that's never on TV? So they realize all of a sudden, okay, this isn't so great after all in fact i'm in a worse position just ask andrade than i was in wwe so then they have buyer's remorse they're locked into these deals and they want out yeah i mean that's one of the things that i mean conan conan is a booker like when when we when we talk to conan and he says the biggest problem he has is that he's always telling people i can't push you all at once mm-hmm. but when you bring people in with a promise of a bigger push than you've than you've had, which is what everybody's yeah. probably signed for, plus plus more money. That's the problem that you have. I mean, they've created a title for nearly everybody. Um, I mean, they they have like fifteen belts or something. So they, they they try to alleviate the problem by by doing that. Like you have a belt and you have a belt and you have a belt. But but still, like it's it's difficult with with with, with both Miro and Malachi Black. It's weird because. I'm not one of these, you know, these these indie guys, these indie fans who think that everybody needs a push like Cesaro or whoever. See, Cesaro is a guy I'm not high on at all. I'm not high on Cesaro. I feel like he had his chances and they tried to, they tried and it didn't work. But with Miro, when he was the the, the heel Rusev and when he comes in, I do see potential in him. With Alistair Black, with that character and the presentation of it, when when he was when he came in. He should never have given the win back to Cody. He won. He should have moved on. He should have been your homegrown main eventer. He should have been someone where... And I don't like Malachi Black. Malachi Black 
or Alistair Black aided in getting my Twitter account cancelled five years ago. So I, I hate that guy um, because you know he was he came out and was sticking up for women, and I was like going, I was like, I was, I, I was basically mocking him for breaking character. I was like, this isn't very, um, this isn't very dark and gothic of you or something like. So he, he, I was really getting under his skin, but I, I still call shit as it is. I don't like him personally, but I could see that there was star, there was a star quality there. The people were responding to it. His music was getting a huge pop immediately, and he should have been booked properly. So with those two guys, I see it. With Andrade, that's like a can't miss Mexican star. With Buddy Murphy. That is one of your flippy flops who can do the wrestling, can do the flipping, and can sell. And he looks good. Like, he has got a lot of muscularity and for someone who moves the way he does. So I would push that guy because he fucking, like, he, he has the look uh, and, he can do, and he can work. I don't think he can talk particularly well, but, like, we've, we've never really seen him given a chance. So I think in there you had four guys... WWE did miss the boat on, but notice I'm not faking. I'm not fucking saying Cesaro and Ruby Riot and everybody oh. else, right? So God. people will let go for a reason. But yeah. in those four, I do believe they would. They should have been hired, and there was a way that you could have booked them, especially Malachi. And they dropped the ball with every single one of them because they had too many ex WWE talents to push. At the same time, they had to show they were doing something. Um, I don't get it. I don't get the thing with Hangman Page. I think Danny Garcia is a joke. I can't believe oh, he made a show a few weeks ago. I don't get the thing Brutal. with this. I don't get the thing with this Utah guy. Um, it's it's the wrong people that have been picked. Like completely the wrong people to make this point. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a shit show. I think it's. I don't think it's very good to watch. I think it's difficult to watch. I fall asleep trying to watch it every Wednesday. Um, but yeah, what 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 else is there? Anything else going on other than that? I mean, did that Brit? Christian situation have any political ramifications or is it just you know, well, just a thing that happened? So I've been hearing for a long time about Britt Baker and her backstage, you know, sort of locker room behavior with the women. And a lot of the women in AEW don't like her. You know, she's, she's a bitch. She's very rude. She's backstabbing. You know, she's doing the political game, et cetera, et cetera. And this so comes from a, this comes from being pushed, right? Because this is saying that this is still a year before she went to AEW. This is a girl who did a squash match with Nia Jax. So this yeah. has to be because of the push and the extra money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, she was just rude to everybody. And so she had a lot of heat amongst the women in the AEW locker room. And they, at one point, had gone to Tony Khan complaining about Britt Baker. And he basically sided with Britt Baker. Uh, you know, one of her biggest deals has been her sort of very real-life dislike of uh, Thunder Rosa. That's a very real thing. And Thunder Rosa has been off, and if you believe it's only because of a back injury, then I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. So, you know, it's just, there's a lot of problems with Britt Baker and AEW. And a lot of people are puzzled by, you know, the push of Britt Baker and what they're doing versus... What they're doing with, for example, Thunder Rosa. They've actually gone out of their way in some ways to make her look pretty weak, pretty bad. So, you know, I, I, there's a lot of drama in the women's locker room. A lot of it stems around Britt Baker. There's Britt Baker and Christian. Uh, so there's just a lot of drama in general in AEW. 
And, um, you know, I, I just think a lot of it, it's been going on all along. Is it bubbling now and, like, getting worse? Sure, absolutely. But it's been going on under the surface for a long time. And because it hasn't been addressed by anybody, because it hasn't been reported by the wrestling media, it's actually amplified the problem. And it's climaxed with, you know, this entire deal with punk and the elite and this whole sort of ordeal. And now it's out of control. You know, Tony Khan has got a roster that he's not in control of. You know, how can you have a boss at any job and you go out there and you watch CM Punk cuck him like he did, which was hilarious, by the way. And then you're supposed to respect that boss and listen to that boss. You know, I mean, he's a, he was totally clowned. So I don't know how he regains the respect and control of the AEW locker room, but that's what he has to do immediately. Is there any truth, like, so the Cody just got the, 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 the AEW that ended up manifesting itself was completely different to what Cody had in mind. And likewise now, it's also not really the picture that Kenny saw. And whilst Kenny has loyalty to the Bucks, uh, there's actually a part of him that wants out as well because there's a lot of that that I'm hearing that there's there's interest there and more so with Kenny than anybody else as somebody that could be a surprise person that leaves. Absolutely. He has sent out feelers to WWE. That's a true story. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so it's a very interesting dynamic. And the Bucks have too, by the way, through Kevin Owens. So, oh, but if they, but if they were the, if they're the ones who are kind of, um, you know, involved in this this party culture and some of these prob- backstage problems in terms of the creative and whatnot, um, why why would they want to why, like why would everybody be leaving? And to be honest, if you got rid of them, if you lost the three EVPs, whereas it would be an embarrassment, would the company not be then more organized with with Tony Khan then hiring proper wrestling people to be in charge? Like I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe a maybe a Jericho, maybe not a Jericho, maybe um, maybe this could be a nightmare. But um, oh shit, I'm trying to think. Oh, his name's popped out of my head completely. So so Tony Schiavone and um, oh god, Jackal from WWE from the Truth oh uh, Jesus, what the hell is his name? Ah oh, Jesus, yeah, he's been in Impact and he's been in WWE and he's right. Been, yeah, I know he. What the hell is his name? Um, I can't believe his name popped out. He was in, yeah, he was in AEW briefly as well when they had the partnership with Impact. He was managing Kenny and the Elite. Yeah, he's, 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 he's still doing that now. But I don't. Ah, shit. What the hell is his name? Yeah, that's going to actually annoy me. Should we just say the Jackal? The Jackal. Oh, fucking Jackal. Uh, but, but to your point, Billy, I do agree. Like, what do they, uh, what do they lose if they lose Omega and the Bucks as VPs. Like, literally nothing. They're really more EVPs in name only. Uh, so they don't lose anything. And to be honest with you, when they have a show and they're not on it, I mean, you know, the, it's not like the viewership is really any different. You know, so at the end of the day, who really cares? Um, you know, so losing them, I think, is fine. But to your point, Cody, yeah. Cody saw the writing on the wall. He absolutely did. 
uh, and he got out. And in hindsight, I think what you'll see is, you know, history would be very kind to Cody for, for realizing it was the right time to go uh, because he did have a direction. You know, he was a founding member and, and he had a direction and Tony Khan had a direction. And, you know, sometimes when you get too many cooks in the kitchen, it's not a good thing because they have different visions. Uh, and, I, and I could see AEW start to lose what they started out doing. Uh, they really became this sort of like indie fed with a TV deal. Uh, and, and I think that was not Cody's vision. Cody saw the writing on the wall. He got out bottom line. Uh, and, and I think history would be very kind to him because as we're seeing now, like it's become a real shit show. Where do you think they go with the the next TV deal next year? Like, do they get one? Do they stay here? Does Discovery boot them off? Um, like, where 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 are they going to end up? Because where, where does where what do you get paid for a you know nine hundred thousand viewers, which would probably be more? The bit I know they're doing a million in the last few weeks because that's because they've been embroiled in controversy. Mm-hmm. They think that they think obviously that that's now their audience, and they'll do well tomorrow too. Yeah. They'll do what they'll do fine tomorrow as we're recording this yeah. on, on Tuesday. This may come out actually after 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 Wednesday, but I'm predicting that they'll do fine on the for that show too. I predict like another one point two, but um, but then what? But then but then, but then what? How do you how do you even with one point two? Where do you wind up on TV? I don't think you you increase your deal. Definitely not. No, there's no chance. I mean, especially when you factor in all the instability of the Warner Brothers uh, merger with Discovery. There is virtually, I'd say, no chance that they increase their ad revenue, right? Uh, And the problem is, of course, their budget, their expenses only seems to be going up. Uh, But at the same time, they're not going to potentially increase their ad revenue. So that's an issue. I mean, they're not really profitable anyway. That's an issue altogether. They're not profitable at all. Right. I I was told that um, initially in their first year, that they that their that their TV, that their TV deals the TV deal money would cover the the salaries and and then and then they would they would their their business model was to incur a twenty million loss for the first four years per year, uh, which would obviously include marketing costs, um, tra- like re- like traveling from show to show, um, catering. There was a twenty million loss budget, but he was so keen to get this off the ground that he was going to use all of the TV deal money. To, to pay the talent, which I believe was $42 million a year was the salary cap for talent, right? You now have 16 guys eating that money. So all of the other, like, 80, 90 people are being paid out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. Then you, And on top of that, you also have the catering, the ring crew, the, the travel, from, from you know to the set up the the meet the, the the publicity that's all so how much are they actually losing and the video game too it's got to be over a hundred million dollars a year they're not even close to a profit yeah for sure by the way this happens when you're old Don Callis that's who it was right yeah yeah uh, so but you're right you know so the problem is he gets us off the ground. They're not profitable. He continues to invest a ton of money. 
without that return on investment. I mean, we're just not seeing it. And wrestling is much cheaper to produce than typical TV. We know that. But he's oh, just I, I, not doing I, I, it. At the point, let's add the point that, like, when you have what he has, the concern is not as high. Like, Vince McMahon actually couldn't really afford to bankroll this. Let's be realistic. Like, yeah. he, he has stupid money, which he's using in a stupid way. So we need yeah. to, we need to, this, this isn't hurting him necessarily. It, the, the, this loss is not hurting him like it would a normal business person. Let's, let's get that, let's get that yeah. out there too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's a private company. It's funded by his father, Shad, right? So, hey, if Shad, who's one of the richest people in the world says, I want to put 300 more million into AEW, he can do that. He's going to do that. And Tony Khan can continue to book rampage like he's literally in his mother's basement with a fake wrestling ring having actual figures that he's having fake matches with himself like it right. feels like that's how he's booking the shows but he can do that if he wants to because they have that money it's a private company and what we found with tony khan is he's extremely dishonest he says things that are not true and if this guy wants to come out and talk about how great they're doing well, who are you, Brad Shepard, to disprove that? Because you don't have the books. And so those are the sort of games he plays. But we know, obviously being in the know, he's not profitable. Uh, and he's going in a direction that I don't see being profitable potentially ever. And here's the thing. like, So it stinks to me. It, it feels like to me it's a company where it's like, Hey, sorry I didn't say I love you. Sorry I didn't hug you. Here you go, son. Like, here's this is my gift to you. First yeah. of all, and second of all, this gift that he was given, it seems to be driving him insane. It seems like the environment is bringing out like the pro wrestler in him because obviously everybody that does this, he probably wanted to be a wrestler when he grew up. And then when he's sitting there going, "Oh, um, I know how Jim Crockett feels, and I'm not going to take this fucking shit." Dude, what are you going to do? If you run against them, they'll fucking kill you. Like, there's nothing... I mean, what you've what you've proven is that you're rattled by the fact that they put on an NXT show uh, for free alongside your show, right? They put on The Clash, and then they put on NXT, Worlds Collide, whatever it was called. And that 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 rattled you to the point. What is your response? Because if you put... You've, you're, you're pissed off that they put a show against yours. So if you put a show against theirs... That's not a response because that's what you're rattled about in the first place. So what are you going to do? Are you going to run a free pay-per-view alongside WrestleMania? Because that's the only thing you could do. That's the only thing you could do is run free pay-per-view alongside night one of WrestleMania, which doesn't affect their business model because they're on a network where people will just watch it later and it makes no difference to them anyway. Like he could do nothing to hurt him. And for me, I saw a, I saw somebody who is mentally broken by this job, by 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 being yeah. involved in this industry, the industry has like consumed it yeah. in some ways. Yeah, and I think the wrestling business will do that to you, especially again. Tony Khan is not coming from a wrestling background. You know, this is a guy who's coming in as a fan, who's never had to go through these sort of things before in the wrestling business, and so he's learning on the job, and it shows. He's not ready for these sort of things he's coming across. You know, when you look at Fulham, when you look at the Jaguars, when you look at his 
his ventures as a leader, which, by the way, was all given to him by daddy, right? It's not like he worked hard for these things. He was born out of his daddy's ball sack into the right family and given these opportunities, right? Like the royal, and, like the royal family. Like I've, yeah. been saying, like I've been saying about the royal family this week. Like I'm supposed to fucking care about this thing this week, which I haven't mm -hmm. cared about at all. So, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing. Yeah. And he's had all these opportunities that most normal people would never get. And he's just not qualified for them. He's never been there. He's never done that. He's never earned that. And so we're seeing that because he's been a failure as a leader. And, and you know, and you can't buy that. You either are a leader or you're not. And that's a big problem with Tony Khan is you know, he's learning of the job and he's not ready. And he's coming in as a wrestling fan rather than a business executive who's been there, done that. Um, any other major news this week that you have, like, other, um, that's worth mentioning, or should we close out? Uh, I would say stay tuned to my Patreon account. Obviously, I'll break news there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard Unleashed. Um, usually, ringside news will pick up my stories, but for the most part, like you, uh, when my news is posted, even if it's public, the uh, other sites want nothing to do with it, even though it's true, because they don't like my wrestling opinions. They don't like my political opinions. They don't like that I don't kiss their ass, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so what they do is gatekeep and ignore uh, and then try to steal credit. So what, you, you have a relationship do you have a relationship with Steve Carrier or not? I do have a relationship with Steve. So I've known Steve for, geez, I would say several years. He doesn't, cover, he doesn't cover my news. Steve, I, I would encourage you to message him. Um, I, I sort of, so I, I knew Steve through someone else, like a, a mutual party that I worked with at the time. That's how I got connected <laughs> with Steve. Uh, I've known him for several years. Steve has known my work for several years. Obviously, more details than I, in some cases, can report. And, and some of the times he can verify, obviously, what I'm saying himself. Uh, so we developed a rapport, and he developed a, a trust in what I say. And Steve is a guy who, to his credit, you whether he likes you, whether he doesn't, you know, whether it's Sap, whether it's me, whether it's whoever... You know, if he's got that information, if he believes in you, he will report it. That's why I'd would say he, reach would out. He come on, would he come on this show? That's very interesting. Would he? I think he would. Uh, Steve is a guy who, you know, he's not part of this PC culture. He's very politically Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. He doesn't report me, so I always, I yeah. always put him in the same... I always say, oh, this is a Raj. This is a, this is a wannabe, mm. because sometimes... So these dirt sheets, Raj, the difference between Steve and them, Raj is ballless. Like, Raj yes. is a little fucking pussy. Completely. He covered that thing with me and Sap. He's like, oh, this is so great. And had like eight tweets about it. Like, he's a fucking loser. Yeah. Um, but, um, but with Steve, I think he's crossed over to the point where he doesn't just do the copycatting yeah. and he does his own, like, news. And I've made accusations towards him at times where it's like, Oh, now you want to be like the exclusive guy. Just stay in the lane mm -hmm. because this exclusive is not your exclusive. Like mm -hmm. this is either Brad's or from my Patreon 
or whatever. But then I saw recently he had a bit of a meltdown and he accused somebody of, oh, you you got this shit from Brad Shepard. And I was like mm-hmm. going, huh, like, because you stole from Brad Shepard too, because he did actually have the same stuff. Now you say like you knew the same people, that makes sense. But he, I, I thought he was stealing from you. And then he like, then, then he backed you. And I found yeah. it like very confusing as to like, what the fuck is this guy? Like he's having a meltdown. He's arguing with people that I hate, but he won't cover me. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is he? Is he? Is he uh, social justice? Is he? Is he? Um, is he outspoken? Like, I'm finding very confusing. I'd like to get him on here to see what he's all about and see and see what see what what's going on there. That'd be a fascinating interview for sure. Right. Um, yeah. My my only news this week for my part was um, everybody knows Roman and uh, Roman and. Uh, Logan was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the background story that I heard behind that was that Logan wasn't on that show. Uh, Braun Strowman and Roman was the main event uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Um, Braun Strowman is very popular in Saudi. He's always been pushed there. He yep. has a relationship with the Prince. He was personally flown out for Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. That's how tight he was. And they were mm-hmm. accepting of this main event. Now, Logan Paul contacted um, Triple H to say, I would like to be on the Saudi show. I would like to promote Prime Energy in Saudi Arabia. So I'd like to get on the show. At which point, the wheels were in motion and they decided that they would um, ask him if he wanted to be in the main event. And once he had no problem losing that match, knowing that he would be at the forefront of the promotion and as would Prime Energy with him and KSI, who owned the company, um, he was willing to do it, which which changed the main event. So Bran will still be on the show, uh, but uh, maybe even Brock, I don't know, for 100% at this point. But that's the background behind Logan replacing Bran Strowman was around mm-hmm. the request that he would like to be on the show um, to promote Prime Energy. WWE actually very... Um, when they signed Logan Paul, they, they didn't actually, you know, enter into the whole Saudi thing. It was quite sensitive. Some guys don't want to go there. Some guys do. Right. Um, they were actually going to let this one go by. Uh, I don't think there was any plans to ask Logan Paul to do it at this early in his contract uh, to say, oh, hey, do you want to go out to Saudi where, you know, you may receive some criticism or whatnot. Uh, by the way, what's weird? You know, when you're on your background, like the way you're sitting, it looks like you have two devil horns. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're, there's a collar there or something, and it looks like, and then you have your lips there. It looks like two horns. Hey, w- yeah. watch, watch this back and see. Like you're the devil. I was like, by the oh, way, the there's and, people in the IWC that would tell you I am the devil. That's why. That's exactly why. I'm <laughs> if you sit in, if you sit in the right place, exactly where you are now, you look like the devil. Um, but as I, as I was saying, that was the that was the background as to what happened. He said to them. Hey, I'd like to come to Saudi. I'd love to go to Saudi. I'd like to promote my drink, get my drink promoted over there. And uh, this is how this is how it came. I don't know if you knew that story, but that was my main story this week. So it wasn't just like, oh, the match is happening, like with six other right. sheets. I tried to find out why. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I got this week. It's not not a lot, but people insist on having um, something every week on here. So so yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a, a fascinating situation. Now, by the way, I'm interested in the match. That made me intrigued. I mean, I think Logan Paul, he's a guy who's got a massive social media following. I think he's a guy that necessarily maybe the wrestling bubble doesn't get. But he's a total natural, got a massive social media following. 
And, and by the way, I mean, the guy can go. I mean, he, you know, he's learning still, but he can go. This is a really intriguing matchup for me. I think nobody thinks that Logan Paul can win and blah, blah, blah. But I still think it's going to be a very fascinating situation. And they can always do Braun and Roman at another time. We've seen it before, but we've never seen this. Um, so I like the idea of what they did. I like the little press conference. Uh, and I think they're actually shaping up the Saudi show to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, that match is more interesting than going back to Braun and Roman anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do that again. For, it's, it's under different characters. One's a, one's a heel and a face. This will swip, swatch, swip, uh, swapped around. We know it worked well with Brock Lesnar, despite what people complained about. Um, you know, how can you do it again and again? Well, it's because you have a, your star creation system is shit. That's why you need to wheel out Brock Lesnar all the time. But yeah, they, they yeah. can easily do that. Um, they could easily get back to that match again. But yeah, this is more interesting. Even from like the wrestling geeky side of me, which I do have, yeah. um, not to the extent of these these other people, but I still I want to know the finish. How do you protect Logan? Mm-hmm. Do you bother protecting Logan? Uh, if Roman needs help beating Logan Paul, does that protect him? Uh, is that good for him after all this? Like it's it's fascinating to me. Like I'm interested. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even from that geeky side, I think it's a bigger match. But also, I want to see how they get out of this. Um, is mm-hmm. is it going to be a clean loss? How much does Logan Paul kick out of? Do the Usos interfere? Like it's it's interesting to me for for the weird, you know, little you know the little wrestling stuff. I'm fine with. I've never said I'm not a fan. This is what people don't understand. Like I'm not saying I'm above you guys. Like I'm not saying I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan who talks to other fans. Like I'm a fan yeah. who who knows fans that or or, or expired fans who from different walks of life. Like that, that's, yeah. that's the main thing that I bring to the table. And when I talk, I talk from a very different perspective to the other podcasts that you guys yeah. probably listen to. But so, so I'm not going to ever come on here and just do my fucking news and that kind of shit. It's not mm-hmm. interesting. To me. And, and to be honest, I never understood it from the perspective of this product's really stale from, from what it was. Like if you're going to get a surprise, if The Rock's going to come out and win the Royal Rumble, for example, if The Rock's going to be number 30 he's going to come out and win the Royal Rumble in Texas, why do you want me to come on here five days before and say, oh, The Rock's coming, The Rock's going to be in right. Texas, he's going to win from number 30? I don't, I, didn't, I don't get that. But, hey, look, each to their own. Like, uh, if that's what you want, that's what you want. Um, I recently, despite the fact I'd heard that Roman was going to have this long title run, I, would, I read these dirt sheet rumors about from Meltzer about split about splitting the belts. Oh god, Duncan. I heard I saw that too. So and I was like, okay, I'm a little bit intrigued. Usually, I would make <laughs> I, would, I would send a text to um, I would send it. I pretty much knew, but I would usually send a text to check. I didn't send the checks the, the text to check. So I went in despite having a 200 pound bet on Roman Reigns. Um, I I went in with a tiny bit of intrigue that Meltzer might be remotely credible and that Drew might win in England. Right. But obviously we know that man has no newsworthy credibility. He somehow has credibility when Britt Baker's lying there and saying, oh, I hope Meltzer liked it, which is fucking pathetic, by the way. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I, he has no news credibility as far as I'm concerned. So None. Yeah, none. Um, Brad, let's finish up. Let's give out your, let's do your plugs. All right, cool. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you like this. Maybe you don't like this. Follow me anyway. 
uh, at it's Brad Shepard, S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Um, also, if you're interested, subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash uh, Brad Shepard Unleashed. Check out my podcast, Brad Shepard Unleashed. New episodes every Thursday, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I think you're sure to enjoy it if you enjoy Billy's work as well. Yeah, and I would like to at some point not just have you back on, but I'd like to set up a some sort of roundtable at some point. There's actually a lot of people mm-hmm. in this circle that like us both and wanted us to talk. Like, there's yeah. people that like that you like and that like me, and mm-hmm. and thought yeah, and were like, you know, if you actually like spoke to one of them, one of the people pushing what before I contacted you, one of the people that pushed me to do it was Joe Cronin. I don't know if you know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe Cronin, uh, Jay Aletto. Yeah, um, Jay Leto, who used to run PWP, was that is that right? Yeah, one of the PW. I remember. I, I'm familiar with the name as well. Yeah, so the, the, yeah. there's Jay Leto. Obviously, there's potential here with this like Steve Carrier situation. If he mm-hmm. is not, if he's not who I thought he was, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'd like to at some point organize some kind of roundtable, um, content share, everything like that, mm-hmm. and get these get this community together to to combat the other side of the community because we know what that side mm-hmm. is we know that they're on the same page we know what their goal is uh, we yeah. know that they're influential as well which is the worst thing because we know that, like that's the reason why tony khan books this shit maybe why triple h is doing this shit because mm-hmm. he, when, when i see people like fucking what's his name little sam sam roberts and <sighs> yeah and i see these guys when i think jesus you're making the wrong fucking move like this is the wrong route to go when i see satin on fox um and and yeah you know these voices are being listened to and i think they're the voice they the, the wwe and companies think that they're a voice of some type of community um this this community is silent because we can't get our shit together we're too busy arguing with each other when we should actually be trying to collectively we can get a lot more people on side and you'll be surprised how many people are are bored of this product and actually want to see the product that we want to see. You want to be, you'd be surprised how many people actually don't like Johnny Gargano and, and, mm-hmm. and don't, well, no, like I said, don't like him. He's strong. I don't hate him, but I just don't think it's a, I, I agree with you. You said it best when you said it's not yeah. a good look. So yeah, hopefully down the line you can do some stuff like that. But um, yeah, until then, like my ship is all at um, the usual places, the dirty sheets.com for wrestling news, lockbetting.com for all my betting stuff and covering all sports. 111 months of consecutive track profit. That is my bread and butter. You can also find me over on the Sports Gambling Podcast and uh, on K100 every week with Disco Conan and Joe. Uh, I've been Billy. That This has been Brad Shepard. This is Brad Shepard's show this week. So I, I did say that at the top in the intro. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll see you guys next week.